Welcome to the Sea Press Podcast, a podcast from the Presbytery of Seattle that invites you into conversations about issues and topics that are meaningful to the church and its people. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Scott Lumsden, uh, and this is the Sea Press Podcast. And uh, I'm here with Eliana. Uh, I am. All right. So we just wanted to uh, do something different instead of the e news. And so we're just going to um, give a little update on what's happening around the Presbytery. And, um, I don't know, Eliana, why don't you start us off? Did we have a meeting or something recently? We, we did. We uh, gathered as a presbytery last week. And, um, you know, it's still kind of a strange way of getting together online, even though we've been doing it now for, mm-hmm. for quite a while. Um, but I have to say it was um, a really enriching presbytery meeting. Yeah, we had nice. some fantastic conversations in small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I think I was struck by um, how everyone was cognizant and recognized the DEI work that the executive board has been immersed in and continues to to be engaged with, yeah. and inviting the rest of the presbytery along for for those conversations. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Lena did a great job, um, and um, Tally and Haley as well. Um, yeah, and. You know, I think the conversations are are helpful and good. I am, um, I'm really pleased that people have made the adjustment to these presbytery meetings online. This is not easy to do. Presbytery meetings are hard in general, um, yeah. and doing it online is is a special kind of hard. So, anyway, great. A big thanks to EJ, of course, for all her hard work on getting that going. Um, yeah, and and. I think we were reminded by Lena about the the work that the executive board is doing around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how <clears throat> we really are setting aside time for discussions about who we are and what's important and what what are the communities that have shaped us and how do we want to be more intentional about the formation of community in our own presbytery and, and uh, with an eye toward um, really addressing the long-standing inequities around um, essentially white culture um, and how the, the, the way it has um, excluded voices, uh, silenced voices, um, and not shared power and resources and all, all the all the things that we're seeing writ large in society also exist in, in our churches. So exactly. And, and I think one of the things that is so um, heartening in, in this work is that it's not limited to the executive board and it's yeah. not limited to just talk, um, which has always been um you know, a dangerous uh, place to be that that we get engaged in these conversations and we read the right books and then yeah. that's where it ends. And so um, some of the things that that um, are coming out of the this engagement is that it's not just the executive board, it's the our commission on ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, it's going to also be part of the work that our commission on preparation for ministry is going to happen. Yeah. And then there's action items that come out of that. Our uh, commission on ministry is going to be looking at um, salary, pastoral salaries, and how equitable are they for this area? 
Um, and how are we taking care of pastors of small churches? Um, how are we taking care of pastors who are historically marginalized or disenfranchised um, in, in our uh, denomination? So the, the work that the executive board is doing is something that is um, infectious and is spreading throughout the whole presbytery, but more importantly, that it's, it's getting to the roots of our system and our processes and our structure. Mm -hmm. um, so that we're looking at this holistically and making adjustments and changes uh, that will impact all of us. It really gets to the root of who do we say we are and what do we stand for. And it also gets at the, we're also kind of building relationships anew. Yes. Um, and and I, I, think, I think for me or maybe others when they hear about, uh, you know, DEI work, you know, they may think of like some manual or some book, like you said. And, um, but the conversations though they are at times hard um, are also, um, we also have a lot of fun. We laugh, we, um, and we're taking the time in those conversations to basically kind of slow it down and get to know each other better. And um, for me, it just, it's, it's, um, well, I think Zach Calvo made the comment at our last executive board meeting where, um, you know, we're really putting an emphasis on relationships. Um, and that's, that's another thing that is sometimes hard to do in presbyteries because we are so business focused. So anyway, it's just a really, uh, it's a great process. And like you said, it's, um, it's, it's part of a larger effort that other committees and commissions are taking up too. I think what, what is um, providential, I guess we could say, is that we're, in, we're really in thrust in, in, this, in this work in the middle of a really hard time. You know, I, I can't imagine a more challenging time um, for in our modern history to be church leaders than right now. Um, well, and I say modern, like, I mean, 21st century, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and it's showing in all sorts of uh, ways, um, both, good and, both good and bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think it, it's, not an, it's not an exaggeration to say that most of our congregational leaders, our pastors, our ruling elders are exhausted. Yeah. Um, and there's a level of frustration. And, um, and I think a realization that when we were saying back in the beginning and spring of 2020, things are changing. We don't know what's happening. Um, we really meant it. I mean, things, things really have been changing and they continue to unfold mm -hmm. and evolve that we can't make any predictions about where we're going to end up. But the only thing I, I feel with certainty that I can say is that we'll never be the same again. Right. Um, and, and as we started this little thing, and it's so picking hard, um, <laughs> you know, and we've kind of, we've kind of lived it. I mean, I, I think maybe it might be helpful for um, us to talk about how we've tried to navigate that uh, within, I mean, we're not pastors of churches, but we're kind of pastors within a presbytery and um, we've had to take a hard look at our work and, um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on 
on how that process has gone for <laughs> you and others? <laughs> well, one of, one of the first things that, you know, when I look over what the last, you know, 20 months have been like for me, um, was for me to become honest with myself and with others when I'm asked, you know, how, how's it going? How's ministry going? Um, to stop automatically saying, oh, fine, everything's, you know, just fine. No, it's not fine. It's, it's messy. Um, I don't know a lot of times what I'm doing. I'm trying different things. Um, I'm also finding that, um, and, and you know me pretty well, Scott, I, I tend to uh, enjoy multitasking and, and, and getting as many things done as possible. But under the current circumstances, it's not effective, nor is it healthy. And so I've had to take a step back, um, spend more time um, taking care of myself. Um, if that means going for a walk, um, sometimes it means just walking away from the computer and picking up a book. Most of the time though, it means uh, playing with my granddaughter but finding things that um, give me some kind of reaffirmation that life is good. Mm. Even, even the barking dog. Even the barking dog, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, I mean, my own experience, I mean, you know, as, as you well know, I kind of crashed and burned there at uh, about the um, December, uh, January mark last year. And, um, you were great to uh, point that out that I was I was not my normal self and and uh, suggested that I I take a break and um, that um, have to say I mean that changed a lot for me um, because I really had to recalibrate um, just life and ministry and um, and but the the real important thing I think is that if you, if you do get to take a break or you, um, you work out with your session, you know, four to six weeks to uh, step away for a little bit, um, you really, the opportunity there is to do a hard reset and to, and to, and to come back um, without the same expectations and to, and to reprioritize the, the things you do. And I think, you know, we've been doing that for the last year. I mean, we, pretty much quarterly, we check in with each other and there's one more thing that just doesn't seem as important as it used to be. And there's another thing that we've been doing that we need to invest more time in. And it's really hard uh, because you want to do some of those things that you used to do, but it's not, it's not sustainable. It, yeah. we, it's not possible. So the, I, you know, I can't stress enough, you know, if you, if you get a break, it, it's, it's not to uh, uh, take a deep breath and come back and do the same thing it's to really think hard about what's important and put the things that are most important first and let the other things kind of just fade away. And, and in time, I think in time, we may get to them or we may not. Exactly. But we, it's not for us to decide that now. 
what we have to decide is what's what's in front of us right now that's most important. I, I so appreciate that because I think sometimes we get lulled into the thought that if we take a break, it's A, to get more sleep, yeah. and B, to create more capacity to take on more stuff when we come back. Yeah. And actually, I think in some ways, the invitation here is um, take a break in order to reframe the work that you're doing and to reprioritize what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's something that you and I have been uh, urging each other to do. Mm-hmm. You took some physical space to be able to do that. But I've, I have been focusing on that as well on the job. It's like there's some things that, that I didn't think needed to be put up as a number one priority. And now they've moved up and things that I thought were so important for me to get to immediately. I'm, I'm not going to get to them. And, and it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, there's some grief around that because that's part of the ministry I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the church or the presbytery that we are right now and that needs from me. Um, so that, that I think is really important. I think the other piece of this is that um, our COM has the resources to come alongside our, our pastors to provide support. I mean, if it, if it means, gosh, I need to step away for a couple of weeks or whatever, I need pulpit supply, or maybe I'll take an earlier sabbatical, or I need a Sabbath grant, you know, mm-hmm. um, do whatever you need to do to recalibrate yourself. Um, because I, I think as we move into the next year, 2022, we're still going to be in this season of transition, yeah. of unknowing, of um, making certain decisions and having to go back on those decisions. And I think the other reality is there's just the emotional exhaustion of putting in all this effort and not seeing that many people show up for worship, either online or in presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always kind of a, a, a defeating sense. So how can you begin to recalibrate in order to, to feed your soul? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're trying to keep the long vision here um, in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the immediate thing. So there's some changes um, leadership-wise, uh, staff-wise that, that um, you know, we're undertaking in the presbytery for the next year, uh, kind of recalibrating that as well. I think, you know, bringing on D'Amber Clompton yep. has been huge yep. um, because it really f- has allowed you to move into different areas as well and not to be completely... Um, gosh, taken over by finances and property. <laughs> yeah, it's true, and 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 property and finances have been um, both a blessing and a curse. Um, yeah. uh, um, it's a lot of work, and it it got a lot harder when I thought it was going to get easier. About five six years ago, I thought we were kind of through the the thick of it, and then it just came back. Um, with even more challenges and you know i think uh the big the big thing that has been going on in the background um for quite a while is the fact that the seattle first saga is kind of coming to a a close and that's been a very very difficult thing um we have an incredible ac i always i always um um want to 
make sure people know of the kind of blood, sweat, and tears that that AC has been through. They've been amazing. And, and how many things that they've had to juggle. Um, it's true. We've had to juggle a lot of things as, as staff and, and, you know, we've adapted quite a bit. Um, but we do this with others. I mean, this is leadership, you know, in the presbytery is that, is that there are people who are, are leading us in this effort. And, um, it's a big, this is a big change that, that Seattle first is kind of that chapter is closing. And, and that means changes for this presbytery. Um, uh, we can start thinking about, um, how the, the legacy of Seattle First can um, continue to um, have kind of a formative influence on our future. And there's, there's a lot there and we've been working hard at that too. It's not, it's, this is like steering a very large ship. It's, uh, you know, you, 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 nothing happens immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I'm excited about the possibilities there, but again, we just kind of have to be patient and and um, and make some plans. And and we've been having those discussions. The work that um, Tally and Maggie are doing with thriving congregations is is really incredible and a part of our future as a presbytery, um, even beyond the lily grant. And so we, we need to be thinking about sustaining those things in our presbytery. And then some of the work, the DEI work about changes that we wanna make, we, we can think differently about how we support them in the future. And, 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 and we, can, we can think in terms of some programming and some, um, uh, some ways that we can support uh, calls in our our presbytery. One thing that I've struggled with for quite a while is the fact that we have part-time calls in in a large metropolitan-ish, you know, or re, you know, metropolitan region. Yeah. I say. Um, and if we really are thinking about the future of our congregations, we can't have part-time calls. There's just no way. Um, we we have to be invested in their future and in ways that we haven't been before. So I just think that there's a lot of opportunities ahead of us. This will be an interesting year for conversation, um, conversations at the executive board. And, and then as they kind of start to see things shape up uh, within the presbytery and you know, all our committees and commissions, um, I'm, I'm excited. It's just gonna, again, like everything during COVID, <laughs> just it's going to kind of inch along. <laughs> well, you you um, bring us to a good closing um, here, Scott, because I think one of the things that I am always trying to to remind folks um, when I meet with their sessions or when I meet with pastors or I visit uh, pulpits in, in our congregations is um, that reminder that we really are better together, that that we really do this work together. Um, that no congregation nor any pastor should feel like an island. Um, we don't want anybody to, um, to feel like we're not willing or able or, or ready to walk alongside them. There, there are a lot of exciting things happening in this presbytery and, and more things to come. And um, I think we're all enriched by the participation, the leadership, um, 
just the presence of all of our churches, of all of our ruling elders, of all of our teaching elders. Um, and I know it, it certainly blesses me uh, whenever I get an opportunity to visit with a church and hear what they're up to, what they're doing, both their challenges as well as the things that they're dreaming about and, um, and uh, hoping for in order to live faithfully to God's call.